Hey guys, you're listening to The Enough Podcast. I'm Jennifer, a wife, mama of four, an author. I love having one-on-one conversations with women, talking about our identity in Christ. But most of all, I am completely in love with Jesus. And I'm Courtney, a wife, a mom, and a West Texas woman with a passionate love for Jesus. We declare we've had enough and discuss how we are enough. Hey there, guys. This week, we are talking all about how we have felt like we are not enough as a mother. (laughs) Both Jen and I are moms, as you just heard in the intro, and it can feel overwhelming to be a mom. And this is something that has both been on our hearts, has been on both our hearts, and it is something we really want to chat about. So Jen, take it away. Well, I'll start with, I have two boys, two girls. As you know, in the intro, I have four children. Um, I have a 10-year-old all the way down to a five-year-old with two in between. And it is busy. (laughs) It's very busy, especially when they're all little. Um, When my baby was born, my oldest was five years old and just starting kindergarten. And things got hectic. And there were so many days where I just didn't know how to manage. Um, So I remember when I had my oldest daughter that that obviously was my very first child. And although I felt so blessed to have her, she also was clinging to me all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I know how that feels. I had a business that was running at the time. I was in the middle of bridesmaid dresses for a wedding. And I just remember feeling like I didn't know what to do because I felt like her only playmate, you know? So I remember those feelings and Courtney, I know, you know, those feelings as well, having one child. And then I also, (laughs) go ahead. I do. I know those feelings. Oh, so well. (laughs) I also remember the feelings of my second child coming along. They were only 15 months apart. So my oldest daughter was still kind of getting into that, I guess, if you want to call it terrible two phase. And I have a little baby who cried a lot. And I found out later that he also was just not getting enough from me. Like I was, you know, breastfeeding him and I was determined to do that because I did it so well with my first daughter and she always had plenty. So I just assumed I should for my second son as well. And that was not the case. So when I finally figured out the poor boy was just really, really hungry, then I was able to start supplementing and things did get better. But it was a struggle there for a while. In fact, it got so bad that I thought I was having a heart attack one day and ended up going into the emergency room, getting an EKG done. And just oh my goodness! the stress was so much that it made my arm go numb. It made my speech slurred. Um, my chest was hurting. And it was a scary experience. And my nurse told me, she's like, what kind of things are you have going on right now? And I I told her, you know, she's like, you know, stress can, can do some pretty crazy things. She's like, you need to make sure you're, you're taking time away for yourself. (laughs) God bless that nurse. I was kind of like, okay, listen, however many at that point, it's okay to 
back away sometimes and have some time for yourself. It's actually oddly necessary. I've talked about this for myself a little bit. I am the kind of person that pushes and pushes and pushes and pushes and pushes. And if I am not doing all the things, then I am, I'm a loser. (laughs) That's what I feel like. And when I had my son, I am, I just have one little boy and oh my goodness, he is all boy. And I am his only playmate as Jen mentioned earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, when he was born, it, I did not know how to turn it off because he was solely dependent on me for his existence. This is something that most moms feel like you now are entrusted with this life and (gasps) there's a lot of pressure there. And I did not know how to take time for myself. And I mean, it did get better and I have no idea how I finally started doing that. I remember the first time I had to leave him to go do something for work. And I, he was with my mom. I knew he was 100% safe. I 1000% trusted her. He was with family. It was great. I walked out of the house, turned around and walked right back in. (laughs) I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I now am able to do it, but I was definitely that mom. And it was like my sole job was him. And yeah, when you put too much emphasis on anything, it's out of balance and it's not good. But anyway. Yeah, that is so true. And, you know, it is definitely a balancing act and realizing, you know, I know as a mom who worked from home as well, and I know you do as well, Courtney, is it's hard to balance the work and the house stuff and the husband and the kids and making sure everything is getting the right amount of attention. And then you also want to be a blessing to other people as well, right? So, you know, you also want to be making meals for people. You want to be having friends, you know, being able to pour into their lives. One-on-one time, coffee time with friends that's perfectly uninterrupted and serene. (laughs) (laughs) And then also just being able to have that time just for you, you know, whether it's, and to be honest with you, the one time that I actually got to go by myself and do something, it was always to go grocery shopping. Like that felt like a vacation to me, just getting to go to the bathroom by myself sometimes was just really nice. Right. Fingers sticking underneath the door and mommy, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> the first time that happened to me, I laughed and said, yes, this is the badge of motherhood right here. The first time my son did that to me, <laughs> I took a picture of it. I'm like, this is proof. <laughs> <laughs> so Jen, how, how did you learn or like, Cause, cause you and I both kind of like are all in sort of people. Mm-hmm. How did you start incorporating things that felt selfish into caring for yourself? Like taking time for myself to go do something by myself. Mm-hmm. It was almost painful. Like mm-hmm. it felt so selfish of me to, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the things I did that like where you're going to the grocery store Mm-hmm. I never went to the grocery store by myself, but I, I did, it was back when I was training horses and I would go ride the horses. 
mm-hmm. and that felt selfish to take that time away from him, you know? Right. You know, it really was my husband that was probably tired of how tired I was <laughs> giving me the little push to say, you know what, let me stay home so you can go grocery shopping. Um, and it was really him forcing me out saying, you have got to get out and do something with other women. Um, he was, he really pushed me outside of my comfort zone a lot. And so I think it was him to a huge point that made it where I realized it was okay to go have some time by myself. Then it also took another friend of mine who also had four girls. Um, she had two twins and another daughter who was diagnosed with Asperger's. And, you know, it's funny because it almost took me realizing that, you know what, if she can realize that you have to have that time away, she told me, she's like, Jen, if you have to shut the door in the bathroom and lock it and just huddle for a little while and just try to regroup, that's okay. That was so kind of her to give you permission. I needed someone to give me permission to do that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Yes. And that, that for me was my mom, bless her. I'm so grateful that she lives in the same city that I do. I know not everyone has that. So if you don't Mm -hmm. have that, Jen and I are hereby giving you permission. We are giving you permission (laughs) to lock the bathroom door. They will not die. I promise they will not die. If you take 60 seconds, lock the door and breathe. Yes, absolutely. Um, And there's a couple of things that I usually have in my repertoire of things to lean on. Um, Although, yes, movies are great. And sometimes having those few that are in your repertoire, whether it's Curious George or Winnie the Pooh or Super Wings, (laughs) whatever that is. Veggie (laughs) Tales, Veggie (laughs) Tales. For the 10 millionth time. For the 10 millionth time. Um, Those are also great, you know, to be able to say, okay, this is your time where you're going to get to sit and watch a movie. Mommy's going to go hide for a little while. And you know that they're going to be kept safe. You know they're good. Give them a little snack, whatever. But a couple other things as well is implementing quiet time. Um, Quiet time for me was huge because I needed a time every single day. I'm not a morning person. So getting up at five o'clock in the morning to have my Bible time and to pray and have my coffee quietly before the kids woke up was not my thing. Like that Mm. didn't happen for me. So I had to have some part of the day where I was able to take a break, read my Bible, read a book, just have some time where it was no mommies during that time. So usually it was, ours started after lunch. As soon as we had lunchtime, it just, it's, and to be honest with you, we still have it to this day, even though they don't, my kids don't take naps anymore. They still have quiet time. They but like, they Legos. understand that you are off the clock. Yes. Yes. So (laughs) they build Legos. Exactly. They color, they read books, whatever it is that's quiet. They have to stay in their rooms and they have to be quiet for a certain amount of time. And that's, you know, whatever that is for your kids. Um, Maybe your kids won't be able to handle it because they're toddlers and they can't handle more than 30 minutes. Um, If that's the case, maybe try to implement two different quiet times, you know, like mid morning and then afternoon, something like that. Um, Or just the one longer time after lunch whatever that is for you that works. 
But I can tell you that just having that quiet time has been so huge for my personal well-being and also for my kids because it's giving them a time to back away, to regroup, and their little attitudes have a chance to get shifted as well. I have, I have noticed that with my own son, that when we are, I work from home and we are together mm-hmm. all day, every day, like I'm a working stay-at-home mom. Does that count? Um, <laughs> <laughs> When we have strict scheduling and there is that structure, he knows what's coming next. He knows that he will go play by himself and then that time will end and he will, we will get to be together again. But like, you're right. There is something that happens. I had never noticed that before. I did the scheduling for my own sake, (laughs) Um, but he does, we do come back after having a break from each other yeah, and it's a little bit better. Yeah. And same things for your own children. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard sometimes I understand with, you know, multiple children, but I do as much as I possibly can get my children to separate as well um, and try to have them do things individually so that they're getting a break from each other. Cause you know, I mean, my, my kids don't argue a ton with each other, but I mean, they are still siblings. So, you know, it's still going to happen. So right. just being able to have them separate and, um, get that break from each other is also huge because then they're ready to play with each other again by the time you are done with quiet time. But something else that has been really helpful as well. I mean, there's quiet time, which is awesome. Making sure you're taking some self-care, making sure you're able to get some time away to yourself. But sometimes if you're just so overwhelmed and you're just tired, just sitting with them for a little while and just getting on the floor, get involved in whatever they're getting involved with. And then just take a deep breath and just look at them and just, just see the child that God has given you and just let yourself become overwhelmed with just being their mother. And there's and something- let the gratitude of mm-hmm. that yes. just have a moment to settle in your heart. Guys, I was having a tough week last week. I'm not going to lie. And I am so grateful for Jen. She told me about this and I went, I don't know if I can do this, but I'm going to try because my child and I are together and I am his only person. Yes, guys, we go out, we see other people, but during all of the COVID stuff, our time together was absolutely intensified. Anyway, I tried what Jen talked about. Like when we were just having a day, I would stop and for 15 minutes, my world was not going to burn down you know, like all the work stuff was not going to pile up like crazy in 15 minutes. So I would like set a timer on my phone for 15 minutes to sit on the floor and just be with my child. And it was something I had to force myself to do because the nature of my job has me be on call constantly. Like I have to be ready to respond very quickly. And it was so transformative to just sit there and be with my child and to enjoy him and his personality and how adorable he is. And oh my goodness, thank you, Jesus, for this child. It really did allow time and space for gratitude to overcome my discontent. Yeah, it really does produce such a gratefulness inside of you. Instead of having the overwhelmed feeling, instead of feeling, I don't know if I can handle this, um, it's once again, remembering that God did make 
those children specifically for you. God gave you everything you need to be the perfect mother for that child. Um, everything I, I know with having four that I, there were so many times that I'm like, God, I don't think I can do this. I have two boys. I grew up with only sisters. So the boy thing was all new for me. And I, same, I same. had to say, Lord, are you sure I could handle this? I know I prayed for this, but you didn't actually have to give it to me if you didn't think I could handle it. Right? Like to see the fundamental differences between how little boys are wired versus mm-hmm. how little girls are wired. I grew up in a household too with all girls. And so like sitting quietly on the floor playing with dolls was like something we did. Yep. Even if I had the coolest action figure for my son, there is no way he's going to sit quietly with that action figure playing <laughs> on the floor. Like he is going to <laughs> so many noises, so much energy. It's adorable and a lot all at the same time. Yeah, it really, this cracks me up because I was having such a hard day with Jeremy, my, fir- my first son. And there was one day I would just, I I can't remember exactly what happened, but I was about to lose it and I didn't know what else to do. And something snapped inside of me and I just started tickling him, like just started laughing and tickling and wrestling with him. And oh my goodness, guys, (laughs) like it was hilarious. His attitude went, did a complete 180. Like he went from being the grumpiest kid ever to being like the happiest child, (laughs) all because the boy just wanted to laugh. (laughs) Like, yes. Okay. Yes. They're not the same as girls. (laughs) How have you found parenting both your girls and your boys to be different? We've talked a lot about boys because you and I both have boys, but then like, how do you mentally switch to parenting your daughters? Honestly, I think it's, it's not necessarily boy versus girl, but it really Mm. is getting on their level and seeking to understand that child. Because, you know, it's not even the same with all girls and all boys. Like, every child is different. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and I've been able to see that firsthand with four that none of my children, although they have very similar qualities about them, you know, they might have similar um, characteristics, but they all still have their own unique personalities. So it really is a, a pause when it comes to an issue that I'm having with them. And, you know, before you just dive, I guess, right into discipline, it's really thinking, okay, has my child had enough attention? What is it that they're needing right now? Like, what is the the big picture here? Um, and thinking through that specific child's needs, like one might have in a book that I really have to say that you guys need to read is the five love languages for kids. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. That one is huge as far as learning your children. Like, what is it? What is their love language? Is it touch? Is it words of affirmation? Is it gifts? Is it, um, acts of service? And it's realizing those things that they are, that they tend to lean more towards like that show love. Well, you can go the same way with discipline as well. Like something that might, Mm -hmm. um, not help your child is, you know, like for instance, if, if a child has words of affirmation as their love language, well, if you don't watch every single word you say in discipline, you could really hurt that child more yeah. than if a child has acts of service as their love language, if that makes sense. 
Like you should always watch every word. How did you figure out? Sorry. No, no, no. You're okay. How did you figure out your children's love languages? Because let's say mama's child is 12 months old. Yeah. How, how does that mama figure out her kiddos love language? So when they're really young, they really need all of them. Um, that's kind of one of those things that you can't necessarily pick out just yet. They really do need all of the above. I mean, obviously gifts might not be as big of a deal when they're really little because they can't get that I don't know. Yet. My kiddo loved a new toy. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it really is just watching their reaction whenever you go to give them like tussle their little head or give them a hug or um, whether you're saying something like you did amazing job on this and just watch their face. Um, And it's a little easier, like as you're going through all the different gifts and trying something of each and seeing what it is. I mean, first of all, they have to be filled up completely, you know, which means that at some point or another, you're going to need to give them all five love languages. Um, But they tend to lean towards one more heavily. So it really is going to be more trying to, to after that you know that they're filled up and you know that they're in a happy place and it's trying to figure out like, okay, if I tell my child this specific thing and then I, you know, a couple hours later, go give them um, a hug. And then a few hours later, I go do something specifically for them, like make cookies for them or clean their room for them. Or, you know, like my oldest daughter, An she active service. hates yeah. cleaning her room. Hates uh, it. She will clean anything else. She will do laundry. She will do whatever, but she hates cleaning her room. It means a lot to her when I actually go in there and clean her room. Like that for her is an act of love. So that's so cool. That happens to be one of her big love languages. Um, she loves it when I make cookies for her or will do something special. So it does get easier to read them as they get older. Um, but you really can tell if you really watch and you're actually looking for it, you really can tell what their, their love language is. And guys, I am just now hearing about this. My husband and I have loved the five love languages book, but I'm definitely going to pick up the five love languages for kids now. And I'm sitting here thinking as Jen's telling us about this, about how that applies to my son and the older he's getting, the more I'm seeing this. Yes, he receives love in various ways, but there are a few that just touch his little soul. Mm -hmm. Like when I look at him and I say, you did a great job. Oh, you better believe he just beams. But if I go over and I try and hug him when he's in the middle of doing something or go mess with him or touch him, he's like, don't touch me. I can't stand this. (laughs) He's not a very cuddly child. And if he's cuddly, then you know, he's sick. Like yay for being a mom and and learning those fun (laughs) things about this one particular human. But I love this. I love having tools to be a better mom. And Jen, your words about God gave you this child on purpose Mm -hmm. is something that I lean so hard on when I feel like I am not enough. And knowing that God gave me my child on purpose, I have, this is funny, I have way more faith in God than I do in myself. Thank goodness, right? Like, isn't that what we're supposed to Mm -hmm. do? But that's kind of like 
when I'm feeling so overwhelmed and so inadequate, really forcibly making myself sit down and think about the fact that God gave me my son on purpose because I was supposed to be his mother is it's incredible. And that's something that you can have in your, in your head. It's knowledge that you can put in your brain and you can recite that line to yourself saying, God gave me this child because I yada, yada. But Mm -hmm. to really take that moment and, and don't just gloss over it, but let it take a moment to where it actually goes from your head to your heart is amazing. And that happens when I do sit on the floor and just watch him and, and let him crash his cars and action figures together and be loud and be 100% how he wants to play. It's just <laughs> wonderful. You know, something else that really has stuck out to me as a mom. And, um, it really took again, my husband, bless his little heart, um, (laughs) that made me realize this. And I felt so guilty as a mom because I'm not what you would call a fun mom. Um, I am a very serious minded person. My husband is the one who will, um, play hide and seek with them at a whim and take them out to do fun things. And I'm more the mom that likes to have conversations with them. I am the mom that Mm. likes to sing to them at night and cuddle with them and love on them, uh, make cookies with them. And I was really feeling guilty because I didn't feel like I felt more like the disciplinarian a lot of times, especially as they were younger. And it felt like there was always an issue to take care of. And yes, I was, you know, loving on them and, and doing all of that, but I didn't feel like I was necessarily fun. Um, And it has been a personal goal of mine to learn to laugh more and to make sure that I am trying to have more fun. But my my husband also told me, he said, you know, honey, God gives everybody different strengths. Um, And my strength is to have the sensitivity towards my children. It's when they have a question about Jesus, they ask me, they, they want Mm. to know, Mommy, where where can I read in the Bible right now? Um, they want to know things like, man, I can't even think of any questions at the moment. But they, you know, any questions that they have as they're reading through the Bible, or that they might have had in their Bible lesson with school, they want to come ask mommy. Um, I mean, yes, they ask daddy too, but it's more of like a special time at night when I'm singing to them, praying with them, that they love to sit and talk about Jesus. So you know, I really had to realize that I have to live in my strengths as a mother and Mm -hmm. not feel guilty because they're going to know that they're loved because Mm -hmm. you're living in your specific strengths of what God has given you. And I don't have to be all the things for my child because God also gives you a husband that's going to take care of those things as well. And for those of you who might be a single mom, um, God is also going to place other people in your life as well. Yeah. that are going to be there for them um, that maybe will be able to fill in for those things that you are lacking and just know that God is going to give them what they need, especially if you're praying for them and your whole desire is to give them a full, well-rounded life. Yes. He is, he is our provider. And if you mm-hmm. find yourself in a situation of being a single parent, he will 
you, you can lean on him to be your provider, not only for you, but for your child Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, a verse that I, I really love was Titus two ten, Um, and I loved how the NLT put it. It says, then they will make the teaching about God, our savior attractive in every way. And I feel like that's my mission. Yeah. Almost just period. But we're talking about being mother right now. So, um, but making Jesus attractive to them. Um, so it's sharing my personal heart experiences with my children of how much I love Jesus and why I love him, uh, what he's done for me. Mm. And it's making him attractive. It's not just a do this or do, don't do this. It's not just, um, the constant, you know, well, the Bible says this, we can't do this. You know, um, the Bible says children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. You know, and it's, yes, I say that verse quite frequently to my children, (laughs) many other verses that I say to my children as well, but those almost will mean nothing. If Jesus is not attractive to them, um, you have to make Jesus a beautiful person in their eyes. Yes. Making him a beautiful person in their eyes. Then it's just a, it's rule based instead yeah. of love based. Yeah. It becomes all about stuff in the head and mm-hmm. not in the heart. Exactly. You know, all these rules and X, Y, Z in your head, but it doesn't, you're sharing your heart for Jesus with your kiddos. And that is one of the biggest gifts as a mom, we get to give our kids. That is epic, Jen. And guys, I've got a funny verse. Because Proverbs 31, 28 says, her children arise and call her blessed and her husband also, he praises her. I'm still waiting for that to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. The sweet hubs does a great job, but my child, mm, we're not there yet. (laughs) It's coming though. I promise it's coming. I will say I melted into a complete puddle the first time he said, I love you, mommy. Oh, that's so precious. That is, that really is like, you realize why you're a mom sometimes when you, (laughs) when you hear those words. And then they start coloring on things with their markers that they're not supposed to. And you go, "Mm, but you just told me you love me. So, (laughs) all right. And guys, of course, little disclaimer here. This is just Jen and I having conversations, sharing what we have with you guys. We are not parenting experts. We have, like most parents, read some books. One of my favorites is uh, by Dr. James Dobson, um, Bringing Up Boys. Uh, He has one about raising girls and the strong-willed child, all of which I have read except the one about girls because didn't apply yet. (laughs) And those have been so helpful to me, but we're not, we're not parenting experts. We're just sharing our heart with you guys because it can be incredibly heavy being a mom. And it is so easy to see the super moms on Instagram and social media and feel Mm -hmm. like you are not enough. And that is a lie. Mm -hmm. You are enough for your children. And that is what we were wanting to share with you guys. This is, I mean, we're never going to stop being moms, so I'm sure you will be hearing more on this subject from (laughs) us. But anyway, we loved getting to hang out with you today. And if, seriously, if you listen to this 
and want to reach out and message us on Instagram, you can reach us at EnoughPod over there. Seriously, message us. (laughs) Or you can reach us on EnoughPodLadies at gmail.com. And it would be very helpful if you can leave a rating and review. If you can't, don't worry about it. But if you want to, please feel free. And remember, when the going gets tough and you don't feel like enough, remember you are enough. Enough.